Hello, and welcome to an episode of KCSU Music Interviews. This was an interview that took place on November 18th, 2017, with the local band The Runny Kine. Thanks for listening. 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. My name is TBD, and I am jumping on the air for a special live interview with band members of The Runny Kine. Hello, everyone. Hello. Good, good. How is everybody today? Wonderful. Fantastic. It's a beautiful day out. It yes. is. So um, if you'd like to introduce yourselves and, you know, say what you do and the band as well. Cool. Well, my name is Eric. Mm-hmm. Uh, I play the keyboards. And I sing the songs. Wonderful. And, uh, and you yeah. write the songs. I write the songs, too. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's um, important. Very important <laughs> part of it. My name's Will Trask. Uh, I play drums and whatever other percussion instruments we decide to incorporate. <laughs> and then uh, I help the band as much as I can organizationally. And, uh, you know, then I just am a doofus the rest of the time. <laughs> he, hits the he, hollers, he hollers a lot. He hits the things. Official, official <laughs> title. Official, official ruckus band. maker. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. And over here we have... Uh, I'm John. I play bass. And... Um, have a good time. That's about it. Yeah, I just kind of play bass. Yeah. Awesome. So. You designed the posters and all. Oh the, yeah, all I do. The, I do, I do our graphics. Yeah. graphics stuff. Everybody does a lot. That's awesome. So once again, these are members of the Runny Kind. This is a Denver band up in Fort Collins because they have a show tonight at the Aggie, which doors open at eight, and Ooh. we'll get to talking about that later because this is going to be a great show. I can only imagine. But Ooh, yeah. I first wanted to ask you. I was doing some uh, some Facebook stalking on y'all, nice. and <gasps> I. I read that when you formed in 2014, uh, the band was 100% improv, and yes. I just wanted to know why. <laughs> why? Why well, was that in our decision? in our experience? Uh, improvising is the most awesome thing ever, and the only person who can explain our history with it is John McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good NPR voice. Yes. That was yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. Don't do that too much. Um, so yeah, if we, I, I had booked the gig originally, uh, and this is October of 20, 2014. Yeah. And, uh, I booked the original, the gig originally as, as John McCartan band or John McCartan and friends, something like that. <laughs> and, um, we had booked it. It was, it was the October 30th. It was actually right before the motet at Bolo theater. Oh, wow. at, yeah. And, um, we were playing at the lazy dog right down the street. Oh my mm-hmm. God. That's and, nice. um, unfortunately four days before the before the gig, uh, the the drummer for my my other band, the, the Drunken Hearts, uh, Ted Wells, passed away. Oh goodness! Um, and we, you know, we all knew Teddy well, and and um, so it was a really really difficult time. And we yeah. were all kind of talking like, "Hey, do we do we still want to do this gig?" And we kind of decided like, yeah, yes, yes, we do. Like, we kind of need the music therapy mm-hmm. right now." And we're like, "Well." We don't really want to work on songs and like yes. learn a bunch of new material, and we were just kind of like, well, I guess kind of mm. in the in the spirit of fun and the spirit of Ted, like let's just let's just go for it, yeah, and let's just do it. And we we had no idea what was going to happen, no idea what to expect, mm. and um, the place ended up being packed, and we just threw down really hard. We kind of got done with the show, and we were looking at each other like, huh, maybe this is a thing like yeah. maybe we yeah. can run with this and like you know see what happens and yeah no, here we, uh three years later we're still yeah. we're still doing it so well yeah we booked we booked another round at the same venue like two sets no opener mm-hmm. uh you know and it was like it, it was the same thing i mean it just was instant everything fired on all cylinders mm-hmm. um you know and then we were all touring with other bands so it was like well this is the easiest 
side gig ever. I mean, we just show up. Yeah, show up. And the only rule is we don't talk about what we're about to play. And then we just like have the most therapeutic, you know, meditative session with the music. And it's important to do that. I mean, I think mm-hmm. it's it's easy to get hired on a ton of cover gigs. It's easy, you know, to to you know, I mean, to want your show to be in the in the best prepared light and mm-hmm. It's nice when you can go into a, a judgment-free situation and just mm-hmm. like create, and just have fun, you know. And yeah. it's like we've we've fallen flat on our faces, but we've also hit moments that just you know you can't get to without that level of of, of selflessness and, and bravery. Yeah, I bet. That's you know, insane. and sheer determination. It's terrifying. Sometimes. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm scared <laughs> all the time. Yeah, and I was wondering, fear. Um, on top of that, you know, what then kind of was the the catalyst or the defining moment that then turned uh, the Ruddy Kind into a band that you know prepares. Oh, totally. <laughs> well, it was there was a few a few crucial changes. One was that Eric and I were in a touring band that we both decided to step out of, mm-hmm. and so it was like we both had just joined another band called Analog Sun, but mm-hmm. there's like nine of us, so the gigs are are big but somewhat infrequent. So mm-hmm. we were like, well. If we're going to increase the quantity of gigs, we probably need to like solidify the product. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of the times we couldn't even get it through people's heads that we were improvising live. <laughs> they would be like, "Well, no, like what's the thing?" We'd be like, "We just made all that up." And they'd be like, "Well, no, like when did you rehearse?" We'd be like we never no, rehearsed. No, no rehearsal. Like we just did it. So it was like, "Well, if 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 the concept is confusing the fans, then we should, you know, change the concept a little bit." So it's like we've Eric having starting to write was the biggest change. He was mm-hmm. just like, I have these tunes, and like I'm, I'm gonna give him a test run, mm-hmm. and they basically wrote themselves really quickly. And we, you know, we all felt like we had like very even writing voices, mm-hmm. you know, over what he was presenting, and that's really healthy, and and makes it a lot more fun whenever you know when there's no ego in the in the writing process, yeah. and then. Um, you know, I mean, we're still billing it as a as a spontaneous dance party, but I think that was the idea was like we could still capture all that magic that anything could happen, but then we could also could explore this mm-hmm. whole new side being that our, our approach to making records is like the polar opposite of our approach to our show. Uh-huh. But, you know, we get to ride that. And I mean, you know, Eric's definitely, I'll get handed over to him next because he's kind of the... He's kind of the Thor's hammer of the operation. Mm-hmm. Thor's hammer. Milner. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting, yeah. Well, I think the one moment that really defined it where we you know, we really, <laughs> we kind of thought about it. We were like, man, we need some songs. <laughs> but uh, our manager booked us on this festival in Salida called uh, Gentlemen of the Road. Okay. Which is uh, that Mumford and Sons yeah, festival. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. It's yeah. a killing festival. It's, uh-huh. it's so fun right by the river. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, She's like, I got you with this gig on the side stage. Mm-hmm. And we're like, awesome. That yeah. sounds un- incredible. <laughs> and we show up to the side stage, and there's like 2,500 people at yeah. the side stage, like, you know, waiting for us to play. Yeah. And I just lost my mind. <laughs> Eric like, was pacing for two and a half hours straight. Yeah, I, <laughs> so funny. I, we're all I, hanging out. I probably back like forth. left a ditch from just me pacing back and forth, mm-hmm. just like you know, just oh, dug a ditch. No. Just and I'm just like holding my head, like we have no songs. Like, there's so many people. <laughs> I don't know what we're gonna do. So eventually, I just like took like a couple shots of tequila <laughs> and just like slapped my face two times. And I was like, all right. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it was we had like we were late night too, so I mean we hit at like one a.m. and then we had to drive overnight. And me and Eric both had three gigs the next day. It was crazy. Like Winter Park, Evergreen, Fort Collins, uh-huh. oh and God. it was like 
So we also were going into it knowing that it was like we were like on this major tightrope in front of all these people and then we're going to be awake for the next 30 yeah. or so hours. So you're like, hmm, after that, yeah. maybe some structure would right. be. You know, it's not so much even the size of the crowd that's like, oh my God, this is scary. It's mm-hmm. more so like, we have nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we're just going to go what for it. Play? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it definitely is like, it, it, it was a very, a big perspective change. Like the first time we really screwed up a jam <laughs> and just did everything wrong. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, like, we did it, and it wasn't the most horrible thing that happened anywhere. Even we all were like, <gasps> I don't think it's ever been so bad that we've had to abort, like, fully, though. No. Yeah. In, in, no my, we... in my mind, it's kind of like like flipping pan, like flipping pancakes. You know, like, you, you flip some of them, and they some of them flip just right. And you're like, oh, I can't even believe that. that, that I can't yeah. believe that worked out so great. <laughs> but then some, you just put a little too much wrist on, and yeah. they they break, and they flop. And you're like, yeah. oh, I don't know. Oh, no. I'm still going to eat it. but yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So you decided after that kind of crucial um, moment to get a start creating the ep after that or did the ep kind of no, come it was, later it was a good deal later i mean mm-hmm. i think at that moment eric in secret begun writing and vowed never <laughs> to have a panic attack that big uh-huh. but we were we did a few more gigs that were that were totally unstructured it was mm-hmm. really once once eric presented the material mm-hmm was really when we were like, wow, this is this is worth exploring for sure. Yeah. We should do this more. <laughs> this then, is a um, good idea. And then the EP was like, once we linked up with our manager, it was like we'd solidified the product a little more, but we had no mm-hmm. plans of any kind of press release. And she was like, well, we got to put something out there. Yeah. Like, you guys are all doing all the super jam gigs. Like, you're doing everything right, but your band barely exists on paper. <laughs> so, like, let's... We went, from, we went from fully improvised to talking about marketing and uh, yeah exactly Ooh, adult stuff like, yeah, oh, what yeah. happened yeah like our, Image, our, imagery our, motifs and management and yeah, yeah. oh man our our, uh, our guilty little project on the side that we'd never taken seriously and it always been a fling was all of a sudden this very committed relationship yeah. <laughs> I think I like you guys that's funny so um <laughs> um why. Then the EP, which Danger Close, which we're going to be listening to the the two other tracks um, towards um, maybe 2.30. Th- um, and that's also when we, we will be giving away tickets to the show tonight at the Aggies. So anyone out there listening who is interested, definitely keep it locked right here because um, we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets. Or yeah, yeah, pair of tickets. Come hang out with us. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to be listening Please? to more tracks off of that EP. But the Danger Close EP, which was released um, this this November, so now, mm-hmm. um, ju- just re- it is November. Um, you just released it. Then, um, what was that whole process like? If y- y'all had never, never done that before. Um, well, we'd worked on a lot of other records mm. and EPs with mm-hmm. all our other bands. Like I did, I recorded on on the Drunken Hearts uh, record that that John was mm-hmm. was. I mean, obviously, he's like a founding member and basically their musical director so it's, oh no that's it it's, it's a democracy dude they, mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> but you have a powerful yeah. voice but mm-hmm. i mean you know we've all we've all worked on a lot of different records so this was really fun because we actually got way more involved mm-hmm. on the production and structuring like a lot of the records like i do a bunch of my gigs as a drummer and a percussionist so a lot of the percussion sessions i'll just go in play congas play tambourines play some cowbells and triangle and then like leave yeah and it's like 45 minutes <laughs> to do the whole album, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just kind of the sprinkling. But this was way more like, 
I think we were very focused on the production and the and the arrangement as well as just like the the just the song and the presentation. So it was it was a it was very detail oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also you know I mean it's we do as much of the band as we can. But I mean on everyone's schedules, it's definitely like we go we go through some long breaks too. So it can also like it definitely can be tough to like get the foot on the gas and have everything mm-hmm. firing oh, off just right when, you know, like if I'm out with Great American Taxi, I'm playing country drums for two weeks mm-hmm. and then I come back and we're doing like kind of this funk, like this funk hip hop hybrid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, in- yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. Switch gears. Um, it was definitely weird to uh, record a bunch of tracks with no guitar in them either. Yeah, because yeah. there's no guitar player in this band. Yeah, so it was like oh, bass and keys, bass keys, drums, and, and the the mouth noises. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting to you know kind of put out a record. I was like, man, I don't. We got to fill this void somehow because like mm-hmm. think about how much how much music you listen to that has guitar in it. Yeah, absolutely. Even just casually, like pop, mm-hmm. mu- a lot of pop music has just guitar in the background uh, yeah. too. Yeah. So in this time, turn you know this time we recorded it was like oh, there's so much room now. We can just mm-hmm. put all these different sounds here because there's no guitar, you know? Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. And luckily, we ended up with, um, we recorded at Scanhope Studios in, in Littleton. Woo, yeah. Scanhope Sounds. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Those, those are the bros. And, uh, our, our producer engineer, Josh Fairman, is is very good at, at working with layering sounds and, and putting together this, like, big comprehensive yeah um that dude's a wizard yeah, yeah he's l- layered nuanced sounds on a record and and did really good with uh kind of wrangling the three of us and yeah. getting some some focus and no, yeah josh was was crucial for sure he's also the uh the bass player for sun squabby oh wow um you know and he's and i mean he's he's made mm-hmm. a ton of records over the years i mean he co-owns the studio and he was he was really crucial and like you know, kind of fostering. I think he knew what we wanted, and we weren't entirely sure how to get it. And mm-hmm. he was like, "Oh, it's all about that Neve." <laughs> right. Well, he also gives really good, um, you know, advice, or not so much advice, but kind of like, you know, like your guy in the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of like giving you pointers or tips or whatever. He'll always, when you record something. He'll be super honest. Mm-hmm. He'll just be like, yeah. dude, "Dude, that sucked. You gotta do it again." Yeah, that's or important. like, dude, that's you can do way oh, yeah. better. You're mm-hmm. Like, I know you can do way better. You should go try and do like another take. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, the the ability to to constructively criticize is just like so important mm-hmm. in the studio because it's like you're at your just your most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and you know? like if something sounds bad, and this guy who has an incredible ear tells you it doesn't sound good, what you're doing, mm-hmm. you have to listen to him. Yeah. yeah, because you know you're a little biased. Like, I did this, I wrote this, yeah. you know. Yeah. But then he's like, I don't know, man. You can probably do better. Yeah, I yeah. Like, oh, I think he's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, through all of that constructive criticism and humor, you've come um, and created this this EP and I wanted to ask um, mostly you but also everyone because I'm sure you're all involved in the the writing process and the creation of these songs but what was it um, like you know writing songs for this EP is this the first time you've you've, um, put together um, original music Um, I've I've written a bunch before Mm -hmm. Uh, you know I do a little bit of the writing for Analog Sun and Mm -hmm. like I I just recorded with Sun Squabby I like tied up their last single they put up Mm -hmm. with uh, some synth and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. uh, I've never just like recorded like songs that I've written Mm -hmm. from like you know the whole thing yeah I feel like uh, with with Jaden Band you had like a ton of of instrumental 
Yeah, say. I don't like that. But it was like the lyrical focus wasn't yeah. on you at all. So that was definitely a huge change. It was like watching you come into your own as a as a vocalist and as a writer around their own yeah, voice. Yeah, it was like, oh, like I wrote this thing and now there's like some words that maybe should like go here. Like, oh, like I just have never done that before. Like, like I've written songs like here and there just for like fun or yeah. for like a songwriter competition just like mm-hmm. just to see about how I do. But I'd never just like done it, you know like the whole thing like this like mm-hmm. oh yeah. hey guys i have these songs like maybe we should try and play them yeah absolutely was there any um is there like a theme or like a, a general motif through the songs or it's just like this is my brain <laughs> yeah it's just, it's just kind of like whatever's kind of banging around in there at the mm-hmm. moment you know sometimes it's like oh man like i'm, I'm seeing all i don't know it's just like just kind of like points of view mm-hmm. just absolutely. like looking at it from like oh man this is happening this is happening this is happening this is happening <laughs> i don't know yeah. Like, yeah well it's definitely i think uh i've really enjoyed it because i mean i've been in tons of different bands with both of these guys i mean eric especially i mean we've been in probably four or five different like you know writing working projects together mm-hmm. and it's uh it's cool because this is the first time like I've worked with Eric on on his stuff as a vocalist and a keyboard player mm-hmm. as opposed to us just being like oh like you're the artist and we're the backing band and we're going to like help you and you know do this so that mm-hmm. was that was definitely cool was like that dynamic shift was awesome mm-hmm. and then on top of that it's really cool because we all go back so far that it's like when Eric brings in a tune, it's really most of the way there. Mm-hmm. And then we get like really picky on like the last five percent of the details, but mm-hmm. it makes such a difference because I mean that's what all the bands that we listen to. I mean that's how they operate when they write. I mean like Michael Jackson's arrangements were super crisp, and all the tracks that they kept were really well put together. And we're like you know over and over again we'll be like nope, nope, nope. And the trial and error can get. I mean it can get tedious, but it's cool because by the end of every tune we've always ended it with like high fives and like we mm-hmm. totally did. The most awesome job with yeah. the fewest amount of notes on all the songs. <laughs> I don't, and that's a I don't really know cool if it's feeling. ever really that tedious, but I, I think that comes from our background starting this band as, as an improvisational entity. Yeah. Um, and, and some of the fearlessness that goes along with that, it really comes out in our writing process. Like we are actively working on some new tunes right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So keep an eye out for those. Um, Absolutely. But um, like, this past week we are oh yeah we are actively rehearsing now um, <laughs> that's the thing now um yeah that's the thing now um but you know we wrote a new tune and and i mean we try to keep it as egoless as we can if someone has an idea we try it kind of no yeah, matter what oh, you know yeah. we'll run through six seven eight nine ten ideas for yeah, one totally. little section of a song just to you know why not why not? Yeah. You know, it, it's it's really kind of seems kind of dumb to poo-poo anybody's idea because you never know when something's going to just work. Well, yeah. you know, in, even in if the, it doesn't seem like it would. In the words of Jack Donaghy, there's no such thing as bad ideas, Lemon. Only awesome ideas that have gone horribly wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's true. That well is played, exactly sir. what it is. So Thank you, Alec you all are trying to put together some awesome ideas, hoping they won't go wrong, and hopefully maybe in the future – putting together a full-length album? Is that something that y'all are looking towards? Or you know, we, it's in the back we of your tend brains? to go back and forth. I mm-hmm. think we're leaning mm-hmm. more towards the keep releasing EPs and doing exclusive plays. Okay. I mean, I just like everyone's on the road enough that it mm-hmm. seems hard to be like, welcome home, get back in a smaller van. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. I mean, yeah. like, you know, recording an album, it's just, you know, the three, so- like, three songs at a time is sometimes, is kind of cool, but like, 
you know, especially since we're we're all so busy because we all play music full time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes the thought of just recording like a ten song album is just like, man, I'm broke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah, do totally. that. <laughs> all right, yeah, I see no problem with just releasing EPs. I mean, yeah. album sales are down. You know, yeah, yeah the tough. EP route is kind of where I've been seeing a lot of people go. Like, they'll release more EPs more frequently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and especially in the 150 characters or less world, people's yes. attention yeah. spans oh, yeah. aren't aren't Very that long anymore. Span. You know, <laughs> to release an hour long, 45 minute to an hour long full-length record yeah. like yeah yeah it's kind of well, like, like leaving a trail of breadcrumbs like when, when, Follow us. when everyone in the band's got history i mean so many of the of the musicians that i look up to like when you actually look at their full history mm -hmm. it's like a matter of like years and it's like i don't necessarily think we're doing the band a disservice if we wait a few years to make an album if we're going to make an incredible record yeah you know absolutely. what i mean and that like so far everything we've put in has been met by just so much, like so much greater than what we've put in that, like I really believe that, like as long as we're patient and everyone's like, you know, stays healthy and is on the same level of growth, that like it's not anything we need to rush. Mm -hmm. Like I just care about yeah. the art, and I know that everyone in the band is on the same page, and that makes it really fun because yeah. it's never, you know, it's like the band. We're not in it for shortcuts. It's like we're in it for the music and we're in it for mm -hmm. the results of the music and the process of learning more about music through writing. And that's Absolutely. like, you know, it kind of is just the best thing ever. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> great. Yeah, I agree, yeah. So you're going to be, um, let's jump into your your show tonight. You have a really great gig coming up tonight at the Aggie. Doors open at 8 p.m. You're going to be playing with Everyone Orchestra, which That's is right. actually a group I've never heard of before, but just looking them up, tonight's lineup has member member from Umphreys McGee, from Ween, Lotus, Mo, Twiddle, and two members of Turquoise. Is how Turquoise. Turquoise. Turquoise is how I'm going to pronounce that. Well, oh, actually, check them out. The, They're amazing. The yeah. guitar player from Mo had to bounce on a family emergency uh, but gosh. our boy kevin from sun squabby is filling in and All he's right. a living legend and yeah. a totally epic hang so, so that's just gonna be that sounds so incredible yeah. i wish i wasn't um working my my boring day job and yes. i could go see that show and we're actually going to be giving away tickets to that show Woo! in just about Woo! 10 ish minutes so definitely stick around if you want to see these wonderful people from the runny kind playing with just a slew a slew a plethora of even just as incredible musicians as well. And I wanted to ask, you know, we were talking a little bit, but if you want to explain, how did you um, get involved with uh, Everyone Orchestra and with this this project? Um, well, it was really Cervantes and, and Scott Morrill, who owns the Aggie, as well as Cervantes down Scott in Morrill. Denver. Mm -hmm. Homie number one. Um, yeah. Is really epic about how he puts bills together, and mm -hmm. he always makes sure we have a couple plays through him. Uh, every few months mm -hmm. um and so that was a huge part was it was like it was definitely a little bit of like we were looking on the calendar and we were like we really want mm -hmm. either denver or fort collins but like we would love to work with everyone orchestra but we've also um i've sat in with them twice on percussion and then i actually was the drummer on the new west fest after party at the mm -hmm. aggie with with everyone orchestra mm -hmm. um as well as john's open forum at brooklyn bowl with mm -hmm. the hearts so it's we go back with with matt too and they also they had pretty specific keyboard gear needs for joel from umphreys and that luba has spent many years correcting uh, collecting and uh you know making sure that <laughs> all the old gear he collects is in great working order so it was also partially so that joel would have a super happy fun time mm -hmm. and 
not get you know they didn't spend a ton of money renting a ton of keyboard mm-hmm. gear but you know it's like it's like anything with a with picking gigs it's you know it's important to take that extra step and try and nurture the relationships with the clubs and the other bands mm-hmm. and yeah. you know look out for the artists on the gig and you know it's definitely Colorado's cool because everyone takes care of each other this has been another episode of KCSU Music Interviews. I would like to thank the guys from The Running Kind for coming into the studio. My name is Haley Justino. I hosted this interview, engineered the audio, and produced this podcast. The music in the intro and outro is music from The Runny Kind's EP, Danger Close. You can find more podcast episodes from us at kcsufm.com, on SoundCloud, and on iTunes.